Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of choice, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy Oh, Marcus, here comes another uncut gem for your listening delight from Chantelle and me. <laughs> Kathy and Chantelle Raw. Yep. Laughing or not. <laughs> Friday afternoon. What's uh, What have you got poured in your coffee mug over there? Uh, just coffee for now. Okay. Yeah. On the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little early. All righty. <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap our thinking around NDIA and pace. Mm. Do you know what PACE stands for? I went looking, couldn't find it. No, this was an interesting conversation. Uh, for context listeners, uh, I attended the Disability Services Consulting uh, webinar on PACE yesterday. It was very good. Um, and they had asked the question to the agency about, well, clearly it's an acronym. The agency are insisting it's not. <laughs> Why would they pick that? That's just nuts. Uh, so we are left without knowing really what PACE stands for. It's, but PACE is the name of the new IT system that was switched on on the 31st of October. Which means that we can just have some fun with the acronym. I, I don't know that the agency will love the kind of fun that we might have with the <laughs> <laughs> And I guess when we hear about a new IT system from the agency, there's a bit of a trigger warning. What year was that portal debacle? Uh, 2016. It was right when the it was right with the switch over to full rollout in 2016 happened. Uh, the trial trials were ending, and um, we were moving into full scheme. It Gosh, was, that seems like a long time ago. Uh, and I'll never ever forget it, and neither no. will all the providers who no. experienced it. It was um, soul destroying for a lot cruel, of people. Yeah, cruel. and many businesses took years. If they recovered at all, yeah, yeah. It, I think um, from personal experience, I was receiving phone calls from people who had had to remortgage their house to make payroll, and they'd maxed out every line of credit that they possibly could to keep things going. And uh, it was, yeah, very, very unpleasant. So everyone's been a bit nervous about this one, but thankfully the agency are doing this this uh, transition very slowly. So hopefully bugs can be ironed out. Along the way. We did a bit of a test drive in Tassie from November last year. So I've heard mixed things from Tassie. I don't know what you've heard. Yeah, mixed as well. The agency, uh, from what I've read and heard, they seem quite satisfied with how things went mm. in Tassie. At a provider level, I've had mixed reviews. Yeah. Well, that's pretty classic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I did see a meme come through my Insta feed this morning. Um, reflecting that PACE was the equivalent of NDIS smashing providers over the head with a baseball bat. So I thought, well, 
somebody's um, got their finger on the pulse there. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty, so we've got a few loose notes that we may endeavour to stick to or at least cover. Uh, if you're a registered provider, what, uh, what <laughs> I want to ask what benefits there are, but I, I, I know that there aren't many. Like, what is going on with that? What is going on with that, Kathy? Um, I came out of the webinar yesterday just scratching my head and thinking, why are businesses registering to be an NDIS provider? Yeah. Clearly, some have to. And so, taking those ones out of the equation, the commissioner was asked at a conference a couple of years ago what she might say to providers who hadn't yet registered. And her answer was, why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. And I think what people are waiting for is benefits to registering. Is benefits, yeah. (laughs) And yet another one with the introduction of PACE has been removed. So with the introduction of PACE, the service booking function has been removed. That was one of the few remaining practical that we highlight. Safeguards, really? Practical benefits to being registered. Mm -hmm. I know there's the benefits we talk about, about great systems in place and policies. Absolutely, governance, absolutely, that is another very good benefit to going through the registration process because it really forces those processes Mm -hmm. to happen. However, uh, when it comes to operational practical advantages, it's been really hard to find them for a long time now. And this was one that still was standing with service booking. I can guarantee that when I've promised to deliver a certain amount of service to a participant, those funds are going to be there for me to yeah. deliver all of the, that service that I've promised them I will deliver. That has now gone. So the onus for tracking budgets and expenditure now sits with the provider. Mm. And you, I guess the point raised in the webinar yesterday was that on average nationally, utilisation is at about 75%. So the chances of plan exhaustion are, are low. However, you and I, Cassie, we yeah, have we hear about plans being lots of, gobbled up. Yep, happened to me today. just recently. And I had a, an invoice knocked back because the, the funds were yeah. exhausted. So we know it happens and that can add up very, very quickly if that happens across a number of clients and if you are not claiming frequently yeah Yeah. so you deliver a a number of sessions before you know that the funds have run out any clues on why they've removed this function i don't understand the rationale here or whether they had sufficient complaints from providers where they needed other providers to release funds to you know that that certainly can create problems as well in my situation, I'm an unregistered provider and I I lodged an invoice. A registered provider had made a service booking and they just released, it was all fixed within a week. They released some funds. I was paid. It, it was sorted out. But I dare say that that's a number of small providers working together. I know it, it becomes more difficult with the complex hierarchy that sits within large providers, finding the right person who can unlock the service booking and all of that sort of thing. So perhaps that's what drove it. I, I don't. I don't have a clear answer for you, though, on that. Yeah. So registers, registered providers will now to be will now need to be endorsed 
under the new My Provider facility? Yeah, so this is the the next hit for registered provider or for agency managing clients, let's just say. So for a participant who's agency managing their funds, a provider will need to be endorsed by the participant. Uh, Let me just clarify that a little bit. You can still be paid without endorsement, but the pay cycle is longer. Longer, like 10 days long. So 10 calendar days or 10 business days? I don't know. The information I have is that if you are an endorsed provider, payment will occur within two to three days as it does now. And, in fact, it's 24 hours often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Often. Another advantage of being registered (laughs) is that fast payment through the portal, Uh, but that is going to be drifting out, especially if you're not endorsed by your participant to sort of eight to 10 days. And the reason being for that is that within that 10-day cycle, six days of that is time for the participant to decline the payment. Yeah. We were talking before we hit record about what that might look like and what participants, what may motivate them, what reasons, justifiable, all the rest of it. But Yeah, yeah. there could be a range of reasons that a participant feels they need to decline a payment and and some legitimate ones in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the risk, though, that risk for the provider or the business needs to be now evaluated and mitigated. Yep. So are they calling that a calling off period? I haven't heard those words used, but yeah. they're my my words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah. How um how, I wonder what participants think about this. And I I guess just based on the spectrum of awesome humans that some are gonna love it and gonna be in there and confident and computer literate and clickety click, good to go, but others are gonna struggle for sure. Yeah, um, this was raised yesterday as well and there's no clear answers on how the agency are going to support Mm. whose responsibility it even is to support a person who doesn't have access to the tech. Let me just backtrack. Apologies, listeners. The uh, prompt for endorsement will come to the participant via SMS and email. Yep. So if they don't have access to technology, the broadband, the literacy skill, uh, the English as a spoken language, <laughs> a range of reasons that might be barriers to achieving that endorsement in an efficient yep. way, yep. There's, there's a bit of a gap there in information as to what supports will be in place to get that endorsement happening or is that going to sit with the provider as well? And I'm guessing that would be an unbillable item. Yeah. If you're spending a lot of resource chasing people up to try and have that endorsement completed. Yeah. Yeah. All I see written all over this registered providers is resource, 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 resource. Yeah. 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 And task and team and, and, and dollars. Is there any um, indication about the process of challenging a declined service payment? Uh, Not that I know. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. And in the blog that you and I have put together, Kathy, 
we might put that link in the show notes. We have uh, popped a link to where all of this information sits on the NDIS page. It's yeah. quite good information that sits there. It's well written and and easy to follow. So I would yeah. say I would direct people there. Yeah, yeah, because um, I'm sure that will be a question that bounces around in the brains of allied health uh, business owners. Sure. And I think with so many allied health business owners being not registered, much of this won't touch you. Yeah. So to clarify, a plan manager receives automatic endorsement as soon as they take a case on. So Mm. your plan managed clients, I think, will continue on business as usual. Do you know off the top of your head what percentage of participants are agency managed the last figures i saw we were down for allied health let me for capacity yeah, for allied health yeah, yeah, yeah we were down nearly into the single figures i think we're down around nine or ten percent gosh so it's not a lot so i'm hoping the fallout for allied health but behavior support practitioners i can't be as um positive for you unfortunately mm. but the fallout for most of allied health should be quite minimal Unless uh, you have clients sitting on both systems, which you will for a while, it'll be the plan manager's job, of course, to manage that part. They'll be they'll have some participants on will be on pace, and some will still be on proto because the transition is happening slowly over an eighteen month period. <gasps> Two systems. <laughs> oh gosh. However, yeah. So if you're a registered provider supporting agency managing clients. Yet another complication and layer of resource for you to figure out. You're going to have to be straddling both both claiming systems for a period of time. The uh, line item numbers the agency is saying will not change. However, if there's a new price guide drops or a new support catalogue and there's line item number changes, it could be on one system they remain the old numbers and on the new system they're different numbers, which means there will be some invoicing changes that yes. you need to make when you're sending off to plan managers. Having said that, looking at the category changes that they've made, they sit predominantly in the core part yeah. of the plan. So, uh, they've added a whole support category around ho- home and living. I don't think that they will affect allied health. There does look to me to be a new subcategory called behaviour support. It's been pulled out of improved relationships and listed as a separate as a separate item. I can see that that might get a new number. The agency is saying there'll be no new line items though at the moment. So let's just run with what they're telling us. Yeah, yeah. Kathy and I, we're saying keep your eyes open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't be surprised if a new support catalogue drops in the next few months with some tweaked line item numbers. And if that happens, then you will be potentially straddling two different systems where line item numbers are different Mm. interesting question about um how long you could be straddling to two systems um how are they going to onboard participants into pace 
Mm. So to start with, which I think is smart, it'll be all all new participants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the new kids coming through or will come into into pace. So the ECEI partners will be busily using the new system. And between what I understand from DSC's webinar yesterday was between November and February, so November this year and February 24, anyone whose plan expires in that period and requires changes will move into PACE. Okay. But anyone whose plan just rolls over with no changes will continue on PRODA. How long? Like I can't just stay there forever. Well, they're saying in 18 months everyone will have over. So I wonder if they're using this period between November and February as a Part B phase of testing yeah. 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 while they're loading new clients in and just the few that are having plan changes made as an extra layer of testing. And I wonder if everything's going well by March, they'll start doing more migration. Hmm. Yeah, that's a guess, though. I mean, yes, yeah. yeah. who knows? And in the meantime, of course, we've got the NDIS review dropping. So who knows what that will? It whether oh, I'm sure it's all beautifully coordinated and matched and all aligns magnificently. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> As it always is in in the NDIS world. Yeah, the left hand totally knows what the right hand is doing. <laughs> You um, mentioned also single claiming and bulk uploads. Yes, so goodbye single claiming. So that's another function that you could do in Proto or you can still do in Proto that you're not going to be able to do in PACE. That doesn't mean you can't claim for one one service. You can. It's just got to go through on the bulk upload sheet. So most people have got CRMs in place that export to the right format for bulk upload. I know Echidna does it. I'm fairly sure Splose does it. They just export into the right, into that Excel spreadsheet that NDIA have provided. If not, NDIA have provided a template. Template for it. Yep, yep. And I've popped the link to that into the blog as well. Running a business isn't just about setting up shop and becoming complacent. It's about showing up for ourselves and our clients with a commitment to continuous improvement. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at and where we're going. That means identifying strengths and weaknesses so we can improve. After all, if we're remaining stagnant, how can we scale and build the business and life of our dreams? That's where the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz comes in. We're not talking horoscopes and pulse hope here. This questionnaire is the perfect starting point for you to begin identifying your strengths, needs and blind spots as an allied health business owner. The process is simple. Answer the 14 questions and we'll send you a personalized report that includes actionable steps for you to start taking your business to the next level. Ready to take your business into your own hands? Take the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz today. Is there anything more you want to mention about behaviour support, home living? Like, oh, yeah, I really do. Not alarmed, or is it alarmed and just skip alert? Um, no, I, this one bothers me a lot. So, if you're in the home and living space, at, or, and or the behaviour support space, uh, registered or not, and I know behaviour support, you have to be registered. 
you have to be endorsed as a provider or you simply will not be paid at all. So not even the 10-day cycle. If you have not been endorsed and you are a behaviour support provider or a home and living support provider, you will not be paid without endorsement. And having having worked in the behaviour support space for a lot of years, I know we're talking about participants in some cases where capacity is really tricky. So I I do ha- and home and living too can be this can be similar. It could be guardianship or you know you're relying on other people to make those decisions. So I I am concerned for those two groups in particular. And I would be suggesting that providers of those supports are really looking hard at this risk and are really looking hard at your processes and systems and what you can put in place to try and minimise the risk that you will not be paid. Yeah, so many commercial and ethical questions sitting right there. So many, Cathy. I just wonder if the agency really understand what these two spaces look like, actually, (laughs) and how urgently sometimes both of those support providers have to step in and deliver services where the service agreements are complete or, you know, how often we know that our members, our behaviour support members are just having to urgently step Step in. in and support, yeah trying to prevent someone from being hospitalised or incarcerated or to find somewhere to live. Or injured. Mm. It's tricky and this just adds a whole layer of bureaucracy to that. So um, please, please, please look hard at your systems right now because new clients are coming in Mm. starting last week. Don't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any upside to this? Please say yes. Dig deep, Chantel, dig deep. The government are telling us that this is a custom-built platform. That just makes me nervous. (laughs) Here's something to appease you a little bit. It was built by Salesforce. Okay. Yeah. Now, Salesforce is highly reputable. Yeah, yeah, global. Global. Okay. Very successful software in sales and marketing and CRM type software, uh, which I've only ever heard glowing reviews of the work that they do. So at least I think the right people are in the mix in the build. Um, Where Proda, as you know, is a platform that's used across Commonwealth government for a range of functions. So rather than the agency trying to fit what they do into an existing system, this pace has been built to support what the agency actually do and what they need to do in the future. So that's a real benefit. The other benefit that I'm hearing is it will enable the agency to drill down a lot more into uh, the data and analyse trends better, be able to provide the market better data to inform you know, thin market areas or, you know, over-serviced areas and where, uh, yeah, just just where they need might need, government might need to intervene. I think they'll, they'll just be able to trawl uh, the system for 
better data that that can help the system work more efficiently. Yeah. That's the plan. The plan. Gosh. Okay. Yes. That's the plan. The other really big advantage that I can see straight off the bat is that support coordinators, oh, and that was an interesting point around support coordinators and recovery coaches too, even if they're unregistered, they have to interact with the new system. Support coordinators and recovery coaches. Even if they're unregistered, will have to interact with PACE. Why only those two? Yeah, so I think number one, they can receive referrals directly through the system. Mm -hmm. Number two, they are going to have access to really much more data about plan, about the plan and where where the budget sits and where and sort of live tracking of expenditure. Mm. Yeah. What's the scope of a recovery coach? In terms of what they do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're support coordinators for mental health, really. Mm. So, or for psychosocial supports. So I think their role is similar to that uh, support coordinator role, but with a real specialisation around psychosocial and they have to have a qualification to be able in psychosocial uh, supports to be able to deliver that. So I think it's it's a much more specialised role than yeah. straight support coordination, even though their hourly rate is lower, just saying. <laughs> oh well we're not going to launch into price guide speculation just yet, <laughs> so we'll save that little gem for everybody for a well maybe maybe we will next week or, or very soon very soon so uh what are the key takeaways then from pace uh the key takeaways are it started keep your eyes open yeah if you are unregistered supporting plan and self-managing participants, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of change, but yeah. we're encouraging you to keep your eyes and ears open just in case where there's a curveball in there somewhere that we haven't seen yet. You might be straddling two different systems for an extended period of time. If, at the moment, that shouldn't matter if you're an unregistered provider supporting plan and self-managing yeah. participants. But keep your eyes open in case there's line item number changes and things like that. I would say your plan managers, though, will be pretty clear about that. But you could have a few delayed payments in that case, so better to be in front of it. If you are a registered provider, you've got some work to do uh, in terms of systems development, your frequency of claiming. I'd be re-looking at that. I'd be looking at your resources and sort of having a think about who's going to be the person logging into the portal and checking people's balances and making sure that uh, plan funds aren't going to be exhausted before you think. And the likely role of needing to support and guide participants and their decision makers to get that endorsement. Endorsement happening. Yeah. Yeah. I would be working on that system right now as a part of your intake process. Yeah. And even like absolute on-the-spot support to just have it done as soon, like in while they're in the room if possible, just so it's ticked a tick to is mm. In terms of the tech side, I can't tell you explicitly how that can happen. Uh, so, but uh, figure if you've got access to it, figure it out and 
work out how you can have that just done on the spot unless people don't want to of course they might choose to go away and think about whether they're going to join you or not and that's perfectly reasonable <laughs> or pay you God. Yeah, <laughs> that's right so but you do need to have to think about how you're going to do it efficiently and especially if you're home and living supports or behavior support yeah. it's going to be absolute this part of the journey is absolutely crucial your endorsement can be revoked at any time as well. So make sure your participants know that. They can jump into the portal and take you off their list at any mm. time if they want to as well. Uh, the mm. other little piece of information I'll just leave you with too that came up in our chat yesterday was that if the if you're in that 10-day payment period, if you're if supported an agency. The twilight zone. Participant and you're in the twilight zone, you won't necessarily receive any communication about that the fact that you get communication if it's not I would imagine if it's declined you will yeah meanwhile you may have even provided another episode of care that's well this is correct (laughs) and so you could be out of especially if you're supporting a client weekly or more than more than yeah there are there is a high risk of of providers accumulating bad debt here especially if with what we don't well with potentially no appeal process with agency let's let's be clear this is only for participants who are agency managing yeah 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 yeah. because your plan manager will be automatically endorsed as a provider so their payments should go through in the two to three day, day period that they go through now can the plan manager not approve they can not approve the same way as they do now they can now yeah yeah yeah, but they don't. That's rare in my experience. It's because I've left a date off something, or, or because there's no funds. It's yeah. That, I don't hear a lot of that anymore, where mm. invoices are declined for reasons other than what you know, perfectly reasonable reasons. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, watch it's this a, space. Yeah, watch this space. Uh, it's it's sort of launched very quietly. <laughs> it has, hasn't it? I it agree. Has. <laughs> And I'm I'm bracing myself. Brace I'm bracing. Rather than pacing. Right. Bracing rather than pacing. Oh, especially for those our behavior support friends and colleagues. Yeah. So yeah, hang in there, people, and, and give the feedback when you get the opportunity to give the feedback and um get onto one of those webinars if you want more detail. There's a lot more detail in there. So and on the NDIA website as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should provide the link to that in um, our show notes. Mental note to team. Yes. All righty. Anything on? Anything else on this? Uh, no, I don't think so for now. I think that's enough information for everybody. We're still waiting for the NDIS review. It was meant to be here in October. I understand the ministers have it. Mm, that's what I heard too. I heard December. I've heard December as well. Early December. Yeah, I'm thinking it might be a Friday night. Yeah. You know, yeah. towards Christmas, somewhere where no one's really paying attention. Yeah. They'd never do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's surprising that, oh, well, Mel- only Melbourne really has the Cup Day thing, but um, they do, they're very strategic with their times, aren't they? They are. <laughs> they just hit send, turn the lights off, and run out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, so that's interesting that they're holding on to it. So I, I dare say there's some 
rapid policy development going on behind the scenes Mm. so that there's something to release at the same time as the report. I wonder if we should have a bit of an online event. Like we could just have a a pop-up pop-up session on that Friday afternoon. Yeah, I think I think that might be nice. We might need it. I think we might need it. Champagne, coffee, water, whatever your preference. We'll just have the Zoom link ready to go. We'll just slam it into our members hub and just drop it into private practice made perfect. That could be all right. That could work. I think it could work. We'll have to do some rapid reading, Kathy. Well, I think that's the point of it, that we just all get in and start to (laughs) read it through together and top up the Baileys in the coffee cup. (laughs) Not that we've ever done that. No, no, never. It's never happened. Alrighty, on that note. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.